Welcome to Conversations with the Authors. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Daniel. I'm Daryl. And I'm Sandra. And thank you, readers and listeners, for pressing the play button. Do you love a good fantasy novel? If Harry Potter, Game of Thrones, and The Rings of Power light up your mind, you're in for a treat. You'll hear about the nuts, bolts, and opinions, blood, sweat, and tears that go into the creation of a tale of magic, adventure, and the power of belief. Conversations with the Authors is an inside, behind-the-curtains view of Sandra and Daryl as they are interviewed by me, their son, Daniel Troop, about what it takes to conceptualize, build, and complete a fully fleshed-out dramatic fantasy filled with allegory, emotion, and love. There is a story behind every story. Mom, Dad, thank you for letting me help you with this. I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate your doing it. Thank you. Absolutely. I thought a conversation-style venue or media would help... uh, illustrate to our authors what our book is about. I think that's great. Can you tell us a little bit about how Nicholas became Santa Claus? Where did this idea come from? It came from the Prussian stories that my parents and my grandparents and my great-grandparents and my great-great-grandparents told as I was growing up and that I told you guys when you were growing up and when I was listening to them and when you guys were listening to them, it was always, but wasn't he ever a kid? And, Daryl, the book is very loosely based on the Bishop of Myra. He's our St. Nicholas. But this isn't a history book, right? No, it isn't a history book. It's it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy and fiction. And... Uh, I think the only reason we say it's based a little bit because uh, we are using uh, St. Nicholas, who was a real person. But we've we've gone beyond reality in this book. Right, is, this is this is something that you'd find in another world and another dimension, right? And more so than it not being a history lesson on St. Nicholas, which is definitely isn't because this is this is a fantasy tale. But this is not your grandpa santa claus this isn't the big jolly fat man with the rosy cheeks these no. are the little no. tiny elves making little no, 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 no this no. is this is not the uh uh the uh, the, the christmas stories and you're not going to find uh reindeers with red noses right. it's, and it's a real all of this it's a real reinvention i think of this it, it's a reinvention and uh we we try to embody nicholas uh as uh, as a real person, uh, but he lives in this fan- fantastic world, the kingdom you know, of so Illuminae, right? Kingdom of Illuminae, yes. yes, yes, and 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 so some of the places we see are again this this kingdom of Illuminae, and and we see this a magical forest of of uh, oddities and strangeness called the Orphic Forest. Where did the idea for the Orphic Forest come from? Well, you know, my wife came up with that idea about the Orphic Forest. And uh, I just kind of tapped into it and I, I uh, made some descriptions. But I, I took a lot of cues from her. So A lot of that came from 
my grandparents' stories of the forests around where they lived when they were little, and also with my father being a scoutmaster and having American Indian counselors who were some of the, the scoutmasters and sub-scoutmasters. So you really drew from a little bit of everything. Yes. You know, when I hear about, when I heard about the Orphic Forest from her, uh, I thought about all those stories, those old German stories about uh, the Black Forest. And mm. That sounded very mysterious and very mm. cryptic. And so this story has got a lot of mystery in it and fantasy and, and magic and and that 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 name, the Orphic Forest, you know, it's 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 something that we that really drove us to uh, to to imagine. Yeah, the Orphic Forest. Uh, I really really enjoy this idea. Uh, it um, incorporates. The, there's this theme of inclusion because the the forest has these habitants we call the oddlings. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about the oddlings? The oddlings are magical creatures that come about of anything that you see in your life. A tree, a piece of grass, a piece of dust, a sunbeam, a moonbeam, rain. It really can be anything. Anything. But but, but these things are imbued with uh, a lot of uh, not only human characteristics, but a lot of... uh, uh, magic, spiritual, spiritual, own, magical uh, spiritual. characteristic, and these are all these are all things that Nicholas can interact with. Yes, these are these are part of his world, part yes. of his world. Now, um, Nicholas, we've seen we've seen media back in in the day where Nicholas is a young fellow and he's helping children out and this and that. But your Nicholas, we do see him grow up but we see him we follow him as a young boy to a young man i guess you know you could yes. s- kind of think of it that way uh, as kind of an epic yes because we're going to uh, take him from a baby all the way to what he becomes so th- as an this adult. isn't really you know uh, we've seen other stories where oh nicholas he suddenly becomes santa claus and he can do all these amazing things but this is really about his fantastical life living in the kingdom of Illuminae and how he comes about meeting these there are there's dragons there's murder there's romance mm-hmm. this is, should be on HBO this should be on Disney like this is and a story I've read three or four it's, times. It's, re- it's, it's a coming of age story too. Yes. You see him come of age and, and become what he's going to be. And you're being and all of the people that aid him and also those who try to it's prevent him. It's a struggle him. with right and wrong and right. with morality and spiritualism and he's studying to be a priest because he has two uncles who were priests mm-hmm. who are trying to control his overzealous um, as ex- yeah, I would expect you would want to do any sort of teenager or child right. kind of want oh, yeah, to so. rear them in, right? So, uh, so how do you deal with magic and that kind of world that he's in? This adversity that he comes across, as you say, this evil. Well, you know, we, he's we, dealing with we. He, he's born into a, a a situation that he knows very little about. There are people who plot it. 
to make themselves great. There are people who have plotted to move all impediments from uh, their destiny. And uh, Nicholas is in the way for some people. And they need to take care of him. And he, as he grows older, he finds out about those things. So, listeners, if you're hearing what I'm hearing, this story is not just for kids. This is for everybody. This is for teens and adults. And what motivated you to write the story in this way? Why decide to branch off to uh, travel the unbeaten path, as it were, into the kingdom of Illuminae and into the Orphic Forest and with these characters and, 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 and events in how Nicholas became Santa Claus. He had to have some origin. In our story, we wanted to show where his magic came from, who he was, and how he became who he was. And he had to have a beginning. Everybody has a beginning. And so we reimagined him uh, as uh, this person who had to grow up in this type of world and who had to uh, 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 sort through uh, the, the good and the evil of the world. He had to grow up and to try to form his personality. You know, he had to uh, find out uh, that uh, not all people were good, some were bad, and how to negotiate all of that. He had special gifts that he had to learn how to control. And uh, it was, uh, he had to learn that he had them. And so it's, it was quite a trial for him. So the amazing thing, uh, um, there are a lot of amazing things about this book is that you are, I know this because I'm your son, but they may not know this, you are a married couple. And you've been married for how long now? Oh, my goodness. We've been married for 40... A long uh, time. So you've been married for a long long time. time. Right. A real long time. Was there a time when I wasn't married? I don't remember. (laughs) And and not only that, but you are an an interracial couple. And you're a couple dealing with having a disability and having children with disabilities. So how did that, how did being a married couple and dealing with those sorts of struggles come into play when it came about writing How Nicholas Became Santa Claus? You know, when, when, you're, when you're faced with uh, adversity, whether it's uh, physical adversity because of uh, the children's illnesses or whether it's because of other people's uh, ideas and things, it makes your mind very active and, and you learn how to problem solve. And so some things we can solve practically and other things uh, we have to, to work out with others. Uh, in our story here, you know, there's a, a third uh, uh, way to deal with things that's, that, that you can't do in the, in the real world and you can have magic. And that's what we have in this story. Because it's, I love a good magical story and I love good characters. One of the things that stands out to me is the creativeness, not only of the story, but of the characters' names. You have characters like, like Dabramil, and, and the wizard Zorna, and the evil Prince Zeli, and you've got all these amazing sort of, there are reptilians, and there are all these other creatures. How did you come up with these names and these characters? How did that happen? Some of them were based on relatives in the family that had the qualities that I wanted these particular characters to have. Okay, they so were they're good. sort of amalgams. They were right. That was no. my word. <laughs> they were good. They were good people. They were working hard. They had specific drive. They had a specific characteristic 
that I wanted the characters Some, to have. Sometimes when you have characters, you kind of imbue them with uh, characteristics of uh, the people that you know. Right. You know, mm, yeah. a real life is, uh, is, is uh, sometimes uh, very rich in inspiration. And, and, and we so had quite too, a bit of that, I think that helps us to really connect with them, too, because mm -hmm. they feel like they could actually be somebody I could meet. Mm -hmm. um, so when you created these characters, Daryl, what were you looking for? What were you thinking of when you designed? Sandy wanted to impart uh, qualities of people she knew and loved. What, what was it that you thought of when you created these characters? Well, when I created the characters, I wanted to create uh, characters... Uh, that we could understand. Uh, I'm, you know, my wife is is probably the best at creating characters, and uh, I think she's really good at it. And uh, what I wanted to do was I wanted to be very descriptive in the way they mm. moved mm. through space. And I was uh, going to say, yeah. if there's one thing, if Sandy's good at characters, you are good at description. Your descriptions are like are, are 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 rare, I think, in the literal world. They are as if to go to a movie theater, sit down, turn on a screen, and see these things happen. And you remind you remember the scenes of the movies. And is that something that that you thought of when you were writing these descriptions? Like how? What's your process? Well, my process. Is just when I just like when I go to see a, a Lucas movie or mm. a Spielberg right. movie or or any of those uh, wonderful guys or a Disney movie. Mm -hmm. I I'm looking at the screen. I'm following a story in my head. When I write, mm -hmm. I am seeing the movie on the screen. I'm seeing my right. story played out before me in my mind. And uh, I remind that somebody said once it was like the color commentary that you you get when you watch. When you hear a baseball game yes. on the radio, yes. when you yes. hear a boxing uh, yes. uh, on on the radio, if anyone has ever had that experience, you know, because I used to listen to boxing, oh, yeah. for instance, or a baseball game with my father when I was a kid on the radio, and you heard the color commentary where the guys are telling you how he reached up and he got this and he turned around and he, he frowned and he looked and he ran downfield or something. I wanted to make that picture come alive in your mind. Mm. And mm. then I'm going to top it off by pestering him and saying, well, what did it smell like? What did it taste like? What did mm. it look like? Yeah, my wife is one for the five senses, and and, I, and so am I, but she really wants to, to get you to, to not only see it and hear it, but to smell it, you know? Mm. As, a, as, a, as, a, as a chef, I can say that I'm, I'm definitely one for the taste and the smell of things. So to be able to get the taste <clears throat> and the smell of the 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 book and some things in there are amazing. You know, and the human brain uh, is very sensitive to smell, and so that's the only thing that that goes into our brains, into our neocortex. That's that's not filtered. It goes into, it, it goes straight to the brain. Everything else goes through the thalamus, and so it it uh, but. That's why when we smell a fruitcake, we might think about Christmas, or we smell evergreen, we'll think of Christmas, and we'll have that feeling all over us. Uh, so I, I try to uh, uh, satisfy that need, and uh, so when my uh, character goes uh, and digs something up, you can I'll describe the smell of the earth. But sometimes you, know? <laughs> you don't even have to smell it. You just feel it. It makes your eyes tear, or 
it makes you nostalgic or makes you very sad and you have no idea why you're feeling like that. So so we're going to try to we try to employ all of, all the of five senses cuz we want to put you in there. We want to lose you in that story. So talking about being lost in the story, is there something you want our listeners, our readers to take from the story is this a morals kind of story well it, there, there's a, a morals uh, kind of story but we're not hitting you over the head with that that's something those are certain conclusions that you'll draw yourself mm. we want you to be entertained we want you to to enjoy that we want you to see the same movie that we're seeing a vacation you know? from reality yeah, yeah. sure yeah, all about that nowadays we definitely need that everybody needs we that want it. One of my favorite things when I was a kid was getting a book that I couldn't put mm. down, especially mm. if it was a break in between school. I wanted to be able to pick that book up on Friday and not put it down until I finished it on Tuesday. Right. And speaking of being a good book, you've already come across a few super fans. Oh, I've got some super fans. And I, you know, one person I know has is, is read the book twice and has said she's going to read it a third time. This time she's going over the highlighter because uh, she just wants to remember all of the characters. When she, when she sees me, she she asks me about, what about the Orphic Force? What about the Oddlings? Can you, I wish you had some pictures in there. You know, but if you read the book, guys, you're good, the pictures are going to come because they're, they're going to be placed right there in your mind. My wife came up with good characters. I've got description. You're gonna, I, you know. I can certainly certify that the descriptions will will draw a story in your head. This is not going to be a problem for you. There's no problem with visualizing in the story. And I as a and I've read this book a few times myself and uh it's definitely uh one that you can't put down. It is velcroed to my hand, stuck with super glue, wrapped in duct tape. You know, it's there. You know, I'm I'm not uh I'm not ready to put it down yet. And before we close out, I you know, we talked about these characters before. Um what is your particular what is your favorite character so far that without spoiling without spoiling who is your favorite character so far well we've got a wizard mm -hmm. uh who uh who's got a long beard and he's got the robes and he's got the staff it's one of my mm -hmm. favorites you know very magical uh, i uh i can tell you a little bit about him but i can tell you a lot about him when you read the book mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and this book is going places. It feels like it's there's a bigger story coming, maybe? Yeah, yeah. We've, we've got ideas. I'm working on something else. Uh, but uh, And my, my wife is also working on mm -hmm. something. So we may have two other things mm -hmm. uh, out that, that, that are going to come out eventually. But uh, we're concentrating on this, the first, right now. And, uh, hey... Give me a call, George Lucas. Well, this Give series me a call, is, Disney. <laughs> this series is going to be about 26 episodes, so I hope that uh, we'll get more listeners. Oh, we are. I hope that Lucas is listening. I hope that Disney is listening. I hope Netflix, HBO are listening because this is something that they're not going to want to miss out on. And if you, readers and listeners, are interested in picking up the book, you can check out TroopBooks.com, where you can pick up your copies there. It'll take you directly to the publisher page at Ewing's Publishing, and you can pick up a hardcover or a softcover. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm.